Welcome to episode three of the 365 Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Jack Murphy, alongside Riley Martin. And we do want to bring out a little bit of a disclaimer. The first topic we're going to be talking about here on the 365 Sports Podcast on this episode is Game of Thrones. So if you're watching Game of Thrones currently and you're not fully caught up with it, I do advise you to please skip to, well, we don't know yet, but skip. we'll leave the uh, timestamp in the description to where you should skip to for just the sports talk. So again, if you don't want anything spoiled for you, uh, just look at the description for the timestamp and we'll get to the sports talk. But Game of Thrones, season eight, the final season starting this Sunday, April 14th, and Riley, I guess we'll start off with who's your pick? Who do you see taking the Iron Throne? All right, so we discussed it earlier. We were going to do our two top choices and, like, one kind of dark horse, one sleeper pick for the Iron Throne. And so far, I mean, for the most part, I thought we agreed on Jon Snow being up there in conversations. He's my number one. And then I have Gendry, which Gendry made see kind of like a sleeper as he's a bastard. He's not legitimized. He holds no lands. He's just a blacksmith. But he is Robert Baratheon's son, and he holds his strength. Exactly, yeah. And my sleeper pick is Tyrion Lannister. I mean, he's kind of shown he knows how to rule as uh, the Hand of the Queen to Daenerys. And honestly, I think it would be pretty cool to have the Imp on the throne. Yeah, it would be pretty cool. I'd like to see the Imp. Um, Again, I guess I can see Jon Snow definitely taking the throne. But I think just as common as him taking the throne, I can see him dying as well. I think he's like a big character to like to sacrifice himself for the good of the kingdom for good of, for the good of Westeros while I see I still see even though like it does seem kind of obvious how like Daenerys has been ever since like season one and two she's been making her way to Westeros to rule over and take the Iron Throne because she's the rightful heir to it but I still do I do see her taking it because of that and uh, I do believe Gendry is a nice, is my sleeper choice. I'll get to my other strong choice, but I'll guess since you talk Gendry second, I'll talk about Gendry second. I think Gendry is a good choice because one, he's a blacksmith, and they didn't bring him back into the show for a reason. I think, or if they for like no reason at all. I think what they'll do, I think they'll bring. I think they, I think they're gonna bring Gendry because one, he is a blacksmith, so I think he's gonna figure out how to craft Valerian steel, which, as we know, is a is one of the only two weapons, one of the two known weapons that can kill a White Walker, along with the other being Dragonglass, which they've mined from, um, I don't remember what it was. Dragonstone. Yeah, Dragonstone. There was a whole bunch of Dragonglass for the, to kill the White Walkers. So I think Gendry's going to play a major por- major role in that, and I do believe it in theory. I don't believe in many of the Game of Thrones theories. A lot of them seem like reaches, but this is one I can get behind, is uh, Gendry is the true son of Robert Baratheon and Cersei. And the reason why I think this is because I remember when season one, when Cersei was talking to uh, Catelyn Stark about when Bran just fell from, when, when uh, Jamie pushed Bran from the, the tower and he was in a coma, uh, Cersei came up to Cat and she was like, I remember my son, my first son I lost. Um, I was never able to see him again. He was black of hair, or he might just, she might have said brown of hair, I'm not sure exactly which, but. They both can kind of fit for, uh, they can kind of fit for Gendry. And then she was, she also said something that I noticed. She was like, and he's a fighter too. He was talking about how he was a fighter when he was young. And if you watch season seven and you see like when they're talking about Gendry, Sir Davos especially, um, I think Jon Snow or someone was questioning about 
questioning him about if he would be able to handle the White Walkers or be, be able to fight with them. And then Sir Davos was like, don't worry, trust me, he's a fighter. So I'm like, I just feel like that's something that's kind of like really specific. And like, it just seems kind of weird to be coincidental. See, I can like kind of see where you're getting at that from. But I mean, he was gone for almost about five seasons. He was. It's, yeah, it's true. I he was wrong. one of the more expensive. He's wrong. That's a joke everyone likes to say, but <laughs> I think he is one of the more expendable characters that are in the odds to, you know, kind of win the Iron Throne. Yeah. I mean, would love to see him up there. It'd be cool, like, kind of like a little underdog story, but ultimately you do have to mm-hmm. kind of think, oh, well, if he dies, he really didn't add much to the storyline. Exactly. Besides running to the wall and rowing the boat. Uh-huh. And another thing I could see is actually Sansa being my, my it's my other pick. I think, um... Jon Snow, he might not want to be on the throne because he doesn't seem like, like the guy to do that. He might, need, or he might need a fight or something. He might need to be defender of the wall, or he might want want to do something where he can himself fight. While Sans, well, if Sansa's on the throne, he might say, "I want Stark blood on the throne," and I feel like he would pick Sansa over Arya just because Sansa is more like knowledgeable, and I feel like he would trust Sansa more than he trusts Arya. So I, I can see that also happening as well as Jon Snow becoming the the leader of the throne. I've got, like, two little holes punched into your, like, hopes of Sansa getting up there. Number one, do you really think Daenerys is going to give up the Iron Throne? Well, if she's if she's alive at the end, do you really think that she'll give it up to Sansa? I don't think so. And number two, Jon Snow, do you, did you think that he was really wanting to be Lord Commander of the Night's Watch? He got voted in. I he mean, did, yeah, yeah, he was kind of getting groomed into that position as a steward. Yeah. But ultimately... I don't think he really wanted that responsibility. Yeah, that's true. He stepped up to the role. Do you think he wanted to be the king in the north? No, he stepped up to that role. And he won't go back to the wall. His watch has ended after he died. Remember, he left saying, my watch is over. I don't think that he'll go back. Worst case, I see Jon Snow staying king in the north. I see. Ultimately, I could see everyone just kind of going back to how it was before mm-hmm. Aegon's conquest. And you have the king of the Westerlands. King of the Vale, King of the Reach, uh, King of the Riverlands, all these mm-hmm. different kingdoms Cash just ruled by one person. Places, yeah. yeah, I can actually I can that's another theory I've heard. I've heard also maybe the Iron Throne's not even a thing by the end of the uh by the end of the show. It might just be all these kingdoms are all ruled individually, like the Vale, Casterly Rock, King's Landing, um, Winterfell, like all these like kingdoms. Like and I, I feel like that could be a possibility because I remember you, you remember a very famous say, saying is like um, they've been like spokes on a wheel yeah. and Daenerys, Daenerys wants, wants to break, break the that. wheel. Maybe breaking the wheel is just getting rid of the king of the seven ki- the king or queen of the seven kingdoms and maybe it's just each individual kingdom is like independent now. Which I could it, see. But it would technically break the wheel as well. It would break the wheel, yeah. And it's something that not many people are talking about. Many people are talking about who's going to be on the throne and how or why? Yeah. Uh, do you want to go into our favorite fan theories that we have? Well, uh, I kind of talked about mine earlier about my favorite one was Gendry being the uh, son of Cersei. Robert wow. and Cersei. That, that's that's like one of my ones that I see that's more possible. Um, obviously, I've heard of the one with Lord Baelish is still alive or he was a faceless man. Yeah, I don't really believe that I theory. I don't, that. I don't really buy into that. I just feel like it's too complicated. It's too late in the season, mm-hmm. though. It's, I don't want to say too late because he did bring back excuse me there, Gendry after you know we thought uh, maybe he got eaten by a shark or maybe yeah. he didn't even make it off the beach 
Mm-hmm. But I mean, it is a possibility that he could still be alive, but I really don't believe in it at all. Uh, one of my theories that I kind of liked is that Tyrion Lannister is a secret Targaryen like Jon Snow. Really? It's I've never heard that theory. So, our, there's a, you know, good saying that Targaryens come in threes. I mean, you look at the symbol of their, the sigil of their house, it's a dragon of how many heads? Can you count? One. Three. Two. Three heads. Yep. And I mean, we see it with Rhaegar Targaryen, Viserys Targaryen, Daenerys Targaryen. Three right there. Now, Jon Snow wasn't really known at the time. Yeah. And you have him, Rhaenys Targaryen, and Aegon Targaryen, who are both the son and daughter of Rhaegar and Elia Martell. But the theory goes that Aerys Targaryen impregnated uh, Tyrion's mother, uh, Tywin Lannister's son, yeah. uh, wife. wife. And that's why kind of the hatred grew between them. Mm-hmm. Aside from, you know, bumping Jamie Lannister up to Kingsguard. Yeah. And basically removing the heir. Yeah. Because Tywin hated Tyrion. But, yeah, uh, Tywin did hate Tyrion. And there's also, like, all these talks of, like, you know, the Targaryen bloodline is very corrupted from years of incest. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it does lead to deficiencies such as, you know, dwarfism. Yeah. If we're going by the books, Tyrion really doesn't even have a nose either. He's got, like, miscolored eyes. Yeah. I mean, you can't really... I mean, I mean you guess yeah. you could, but... I feel like it would, it would fit TV more to not yeah. play all the roles. And just being a dwarf is one. Another one... Another uh, fan theory I, I do like. Um, another a very popular fan theory is Jamie's gonna be the one to kill Cersei, and I feel like uh, I feel like it's kind of like expected that Cersei will die at some point in this season. Yeah. yeah, I feel like there's no I, there's a lot more there's so many more like I think I have a better chance of winning the lottery than Cersei keeping the Iron Throne by the end of the season. Yeah, and a lot of people think it's going to be Jamie that kills her because um, in the books. It's when, uh, remember when she met the witch when she was young? Even in the books in the show they did, too. Yeah, but in the yeah. show, I don't think they mentioned anything about her death. I don't really remember. The Valonqar. The Valonqar, yeah. It's little brother. Yeah, yeah, little brother, which is Jamie. And, Jamie um, or, or Tyrion. Tyrion. But the thing is, people think Tyrion is, like, the obvious pick. Like, everyone was like, oh, it's going to be Tyrion. So do you think they might do something where Jamie would kill her? Well, I, I, there's also people that take that a step further. And they think Arya will use Jamie's face to kill Cersei. Because not only does Arya prop Arya's the type of girl that doesn't give second chances, obviously. Yeah. Uh, she'll see Jamie and she'll want to kill him. Even though she he's not technically on her list, she, uh, he is directly involved in a relationship with, with Cersei. Cersei. And now Bran knows that J- being a ward, Bran knows who pushed him off a tower. I mean, I feel like he kind of knew that regardless. He did turn around after Jamie held him by the shirt and threw him off. He no, yeah, him. but I don't know. Like, maybe he could just, like, he lost his memory or something. I, I really don't think that's something you forget. Yeah. He I may guess. be a careful, but he definitely knows. He definitely remembers. Uh, I guess. And at that point, it really didn't matter. By the time he woke up, Yeah. stuff was already going down in King's Landing between the Starks and the Lance. Oh, yeah, definitely. Anyway, well, no one else knows that. So if Bram were to tell Arya... That's gonna add Jamie to the list easily. So there, I can see if Bran, if Arya somehow figures out Jamie was the one to push Bran off the, off the ledge, Arya's gonna kill Jamie, take his face, and kill Cersei. I can see that happening as well. I mean, I can kind of see that happening. I. 
quite frankly, I wasn't really a big fan of Ari's storyline, the whole faceless men thing. I mean, it's a cool concept. I just it took it, too long to like. It felt like it took forever to like get was, going. It was slow. It's a slow start, and it just kind of. But now that its I way through. now that I think that she's using the faces, I think it's pretty cool. Kind of like like how she killed like Walter Frey, and how she killed Walter Frey's men as Walter Frey. I thought that was those were two really cool, really good scenes. In the series. So well, going back to the whole Valencar thing with Jamie killing. Yeah. There is, you know, Jamie Kingslayer. He killed King the Kingslayer. He could be the Queenslayer. Ares, Slayer. the Mad Targaryen. What's Cersei doing now? She's kind of woohoo, woohoo, crazy. crazy. Yeah, she blew up the freaking Septa Baylor. Septa Baylor. Oh my god. Because her son commits suicide. Doesn't even care about her anymore. Oh no, not at all. She used to love her children. That used to be the one thing. What the one like good moral she had about herself was her love for her children, and then she didn't even care that her last son died. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've been watching a lot of theories on YouTube uh, from Bridge Four. He's a big Game of Thrones conspiracy guy. Mm-hmm. And as soon as uh, Cersei's daughter, I'm really blanking on the name here. Marcella. Marcella. There you go. As soon as she saw the coffin come, like, off the boat from Dorne with Jamie on it. Mm-hmm. And, he saw, and as soon as she saw that, that's the moment she realized that uh, the, the prophecy she got from the witch was True. going to happen. Yeah. She lost Joffrey first, and yeah. she lost Marcella. And she realized... Oh well, I guess Tom is gonna die now. I mean, yeah. there's nothing I can do. It's the moment that she really lost her humanity. So she might as well take everyone else out that she doesn't like. Well, yeah, he goes out too, cause she probably thought that like the Martells, no, no, the uh, Tyrells, right? Tyrells are Marjorie, right? And Loras and yeah. Elena. Yeah, the Ty- the Martells are Oberyn and the Sand Snakes. Yeah, okay, so. The Tyrells, they probably she probably thought the Tyrells were gonna somehow kill Tommen, so they just she decided to kill them all because she never liked them anyway. Anyway, she didn't like them anyway. But I mean, it was also because the High Sparrow, which she appointed to the High Sept. I mean, she kind of put him in power. He was oh yeah turning against her and taking exactly. She kind of planned a Game of Thrones, you know, and she started having more influence over Tommen and the court Uh than she did. Oh yeah, definitely. And instead of you know, because she just wanted. Marjorie, to, she just did it so Marjorie was locked up. Yeah. And then she did most of that. She like married into the whole Tyrell family because, you know, they're wealthy money, family. They money. got plenty of food and they're very powerful too. Very powerful family. See, that's what that's the thing about this time period in the show. When it comes to marriage, marriage is a way for alliance. Yeah. And you want to have an alliance with the most powerful people as possible. And at that time, the most powerful people were. The tire, I guess they wanted to, at first they thought the most powerful people they could marry into was the Starks so that's why they were going to do Joffrey and Sansa but then Marjorie Tyrell comes in and they're rich too and they're very powerful too and they said screw you Sansa or, or they still did marry Sansa at first to Tyrion so there was an, an alliance or a people thought there was an alliance a marriage between the Starks and the Lannisters as well uh, anything else you want to add to the topic, or um, you want to go into the whole Azor High thing? Who we think it will wind up being? I think, I guess one question I do want, or not one question. I guess like, what like what was your like favorite like moment? Favorite in, like, moment in like the series, I guess throughout the entire series. Yeah, or just like like when you think like holy like you think like holy shit, how did that just happen? Well, I, if we're going to go, like, favorite episode, my favorite episode is season two, episode nine, Battle of Black. 
Uh-huh, Bat Like Water. It's a great yeah. episode. I mean, it's just... At, like, non-stop action for the most part from start to end. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, seeing... I don't know if you picked up on this, but uh, Loris Tyrell, mm-hmm. he comes into the battle like with the cavalry in uh, Renly Baratheon's armor. Really? I did not catch that, no. So that's something that I didn't pick up until I started looking more into these videos. And they show that, I'm like, oh, wow. And, I mean, because, you know, after Renly died, the storylines are split between either supporting Stannis or going off supporting other people. Yeah. And, I mean, to see someone wearing your dead king's armor and you don't even know who's under it, and he's charging into battle, he's murdering everyone, I mean, it was more, the- like, more about fear. Mm-hmm. I would say my favorite episode, I kind of stuck on two. Uh, one would be Battle of the Bastards. Great one. Great episode, probably one of the better battles of the whole series. Um, um... The Red Wedding was a great episode too. However, that I wouldn't put that in my list. I feel like that's too common of an answer. My other answer would be Hard Home. Hard Home was great. Hard Home Fantastic. was a great episode. Uh, great bat. It was great battles. Uh, how John figured out he can, he killed two White Walkers, and it wasn't. Well, he killed one that episode, and it wasn't even like like a lucky kill at all. Uh, he killed a White Walker, in an actual fight because his his sword, he figured out has Valerian steel. Valerian steel. Valerian steel. That's when we figured that out. And the best part of the episode, obviously, is when they're all on the boat, and then Night King just raises his hands up, and all the people that were died in the fighting just all rise and become White Walkers as well. Yeah. It's just unbelievable how... <laughs> and now they're all coming. A lot of people are doomed. And I'm really excited. I feel like this next episode, or this next battle, the Battle of Winterfell, I feel like this will be the best... I mean, I think it will, 100%, be the best battle we've ever seen. We have ever seen in Game of Thrones. I would like that a lot. I would definitely not argue that. <laughs> yeah, because they, they filmed it apparently for 50 days. Yeah. That's a long time. And apparently it's either the, it's either the first or second longest televised or, or a battle in a TV show or a movie. It's like coming, it's like close with one, uh, Lord of the Rings, but they're not sure exactly how long it is um, yet. We'll until it's screen. Well, you will find oh, out. So exactly. Cool. All right, so that's pretty much everything I have about Game of Thrones for the um, just a lot of anticipation, a lot of a lot of buzz going on. Um, did you hear? Listen to the soundtrack. They released two songs from the soundtrack. I don't know if you get uh, one was by the Lumineer. Um, did you see who was on the soundtrack? I thought I saw. I... There's a lot of different genres of music. It's like yeah, I saw uh, Lumineers, rap. Travis Scott, Travis Scott. That's what I saw um, was on. Marilyn Morris. Sure. There's a lot of like, but but the thing is like, they never really put. I'm not, like, worried they're going to put the music in the actual show. Yeah. I think it's more just for, like, a cash grab. Yeah, I mean, it's everyone wants to be associated with now. Exactly. No Syndergaard. No Syndergaard, yeah. You know, they had Thor out there throwing a spear. and Yeah, it was cool. <laughs> I mean, let's just be honest here. Probably took out a couple people that cannon he has for an arm. Yeah, probably. Um, but, yeah, um, I listened to two... They released two songs, uh, just... Uh, just today one was by the lumineers which i listened to and that was actually a pretty good song the mary morris song that was the other one released i didn't really like like that much but i don't know the album i think comes out the 23rd 26 i think it is so yep that's when that is um that's pretty much everything about game of thrones so 1940 is where you will will pick up or we'll tell everyone if they can Start listening. We'll no. throw in the timestamp, yeah. Yeah, we'll throw that timestamp. I'm just putting my notes real quick so I don't forget. Uh, 
so while you're putting that in your notes, I'll throw in, I'll get a kind of segment into our next topic, WrestleMania review. I loved it. I know it was like eight hours long, or it oh, was if ridiculously long. Preliminary fights, and yeah. you were there for all of it, seven hours long, and then mm-hmm. if you had to Uber back someplace. Oh man, that's going to take like a long time. another hour and a half, two hours. Yeah, because the the resided Uber spots, they were like... Non-existent. They were non-existent. Like, the paces Ubers were going, they were telling Ubers they can't go there, so they had to walk, like, another mile in order for people to get their Ubers. Yeah. But about the event itself, it was long, but, like, a wrestling fan like me, I was okay with that because it was very fan-friendly. It was a very fan-friendly event because of the results. Kofi Kingston, 11 years into the... Into the... In the, uh... Franchise. Franchise wasn't the word I was looking for. I don't know. Fra- seven years in the organization, I guess. League franchise. League franchise, WWE. Wins his first world title. He's became the WWE champion after beating Kofi Kingston. And the I had a friend that was actually at MetLife for that. He said the stadium erupted. And he said it was so loud. And it, it did sound loud on TV, but being able to be there for something that something like that, it's probably a lot different. By the way, uh, Kofi Kingston did beat Kofi Kingston for the title, he said. I said that? Oh, he beat, he beat Kofi Kingston. He beat uh, Daniel Bryan. Yeah. Oh, okay. Daniel Bryan beat their loss to Kofi Kingston and also lost his title. I mean, even in bigger news, Brock Lesnar finally lost. Oh my God, I'm so happy about and that. So because Brock Lesnar just he's just not a good like he's he's he, all he is is he's it like good. he's a beast. He's really good, but at the same time, he's no Mike skills. He brings nothing other than his power to the table he doesn't bring like you know good all he does is ragdoll his opponents the entire time and it's not they're not really good matches yeah and it's finally nice to see a breath of fresh air with a new champion because over the past two and a half years two and a half maybe even three years brock lesnar has been the universal champion for all but like two and a half months i mean like going off what you said brock lesnar really isn't just a fun guy to watch wrestling because Mm-hmm. I mean, it's fun for, like, the first couple of minutes because you see him absolutely manhandle these people. Yeah. But, I mean, after that, when it goes on for, like, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, like, all right. Just, yeah, he keeps doing it and doing just, it. Just, you know, call the audible, pin him. Yeah, just pin him. Now. Like, like last WrestleMania, he's he did it for, like, 25 minutes. And after the first three F5s, it got boring. Yeah, I mean, like, the only really, like, fun thing he brings to the, we'll call it, franchise league, organization, whatever you want to call it, is his manager, Paul Heyman. Just oh yeah, his he's a great talker. He he knows how to work a mic. He does. He really does. I don't know if Brock Lesnar could speak. And everyone loves Heyman too, and they don't even if they don't like Brock they hate Lesnar. To love him. Yeah, they love to hate him. Cause like he'll be saying his stuff. My client, Brock Lesnar, and My the whole client. and the whole crowd will will yell it too, cause they're so into that. Um, Batista and Triple H was a nice another bat, nice, uh, nice fight we have to talk about. Did you see, um, what's the movie he's going into, Batista? Oh, uh, yeah, with... It's the one with the Uber driver with that. Yeah. yeah. Um, I remember his, he was on, he was right behind the commentary yeah, table the, with the big, I the lo- sheriff go Batista, Batista. Batista yeah. Batista's my, like, homeboy or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that was cool. Going crazy, I mean... He was going crazy. We're gonna talk about one thing there, like, note, it's always, uh, whenever they go through a table, mm-hmm. always a Spanish broadcasting Always table. Spanish. It's I mean, like, they, they messed up on it before, and they're like... They changed up. They went through German broadcasting they did. table, and they're like through the spin. Oh, German broadcasting. Table. Yeah, <laughs> even the script, like you, you even can't the read script it. is the Spanish announce table. <laughs> like I mean, going off of that, but no, I mean yeah, Triple H, Batista, great fight. Love to see Ric Flair go out there. I mean, as soon as you see him go out there, you're like Triple H is gonna win. Oh yeah, definitely, because um, Ric Flair distracted Batista enough where Triple H just got the sledgehammer, 
Hit him with a pedigree, one, two, three, that's it. Um, uh, another great fight. Uh, Shane McMahon, the Miz. Oh, absolutely. That was great. Um, Shane McMahon was about to go for, I think it was... Shane O'Mac, yeah. Yeah, Shane O'Mac, he won. However, it was still Miz that did most of the punishment. It was a controversial call, we'll call it. Yeah, it was very controversial. Um, so, my, it was funny to see his dad... Get involved. Get that kind of turned into a little bit of a meme. How he was just kind of like he had his fist up, and then Shane McMahon was just there. And, and then like the Miz me after three craft beers, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then after that, the Miz just starts going off on him. He yeah. just starts beating crap out of him, and then they take him up to like I don't even know what the hell it was. It one was on the, some uh, camera. Like yeah, it was one of like the camera stands. Yeah, and uh, they, they had like a table set up, like kind of like kind of looks like this, and they just did a fucking suplex on it, and then. They were both, like, completely knocked. They had the wind knocked out of them after that. And Shane McMahon was on top of the Miz after it all happened. And they, the referee just counted one, two, three. And no one was able to move. And it Shane McMahon got the win. Like an arm draped over the Miz's mm-hmm. shoulder. Yeah. So it was kind of like a baby pin. Now, another thing. Finn Balor. Finn Balor. Oh, that I'm... was an insane match. I remember um, my friends, like, they were hurt. Because WrestleMania was, like, it was really big, like, on Twitter this year. Yeah. A lot of people, because Kofi just won, Batista and Triple H just happened. So now there was the last few matches, and I even had friends that are not wrestling fans. They don't even watch like WrestleMania, like just to watch WrestleMania. But they're not like wrestling fans at all, and they were like tuning in, and they were like, "Dude, what the hell is this guy with the fucking? How the hell is the guy with the fucking uh, the, this makeup that looks like a demon? How is he beating this big ass black dude?" Yeah. Um, Finn Balor. Demon Balor. As soon as I heard that Demon Balor was coming out, oh yeah, he wasn't losing. I, I knew he was winning. Yeah, I mean that that character can't lose because yeah. then it just defeats the purpose of ever having the character. But the thing that I found amazing, he power bombed Bobby Lashley. Oh yeah, with a little help from Bobby Lashley, but yeah, but he, let's he change. I mean, he didn't hold him up, but I still like Bobby Lashley's almost three hundred pounds. Finn Balor is two hundred pounds. Yeah, and he 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 got he got him like up on his shoulders. It's Granted, he wasn't there very long, but he was still able to powerbomb him, and I thought that was pretty epic. Another great match was Randy Orton and AJ Styles. AJ Styles yeah. won that. It, was, it wasn't it was like a big anticipated was, match, but it was still a good wrestling match there. Yeah. Uh, Kurt Angle. Kurt Angle, another good one. That's a, that's an angle, that's a match that people thought that Kurt Angle would win. He'd go out on top at the end of his career. And actually, I think the fact that he didn't win was actually just probably even more noble than him at going out winning. <laughs> because he's putting over someone that has a lot of talent in the ring. He made a mistake a few years ago, and he lost his money in the bank for that. That's why he doesn't. Ha- he was never a champion. And his career kind of was looking like it was going downhill, even though he's very talented. He's a very good heel. He's a very good bad guy. Um, he just... Th- like, the reason why he's a very good heel is everyone hates him. Yeah. And, like, there's... He, yes, he there's heels that people it. love. Yeah, he embraces, he embraces the hate. With the, you know, the walkout song, you suck. Mm-hmm. You know, that stuff. Yeah. But, the, uh, he was, I mean, even, like, as a heel, like, growing up watching wrestling, I love watching Kurt Angle. Mostly because, you know, he was an agile Olympic wrestler, and I did wrestle for a majority of my life. So, it's yeah. like, oh, well, I could do this when I grew up. Yeah, yeah, he was, no, he was an Olympic. He a lot yeah. better than that. <laughs> yeah, he was an Olympic wrestler, yeah. Um... It was, it's nice though that Baron that Baron Corbin he's and he's using this again as like a stepping stone. He's saying I was the one to beat Kurt Angle, which is good for his career, and now he has a lot of momentum, and he probably will get a bigger push now that he beat Kurt Angle. Yeah, uh, real upset of the match. If we're gonna talk about it, Rey Mysterio Samoa Joe. 
Oh, yeah. I mean, going out there, it's kind of like Finn Balor against Bobby Lashley, like that kind of match. Yeah. Joe, huge guy, Ray Mysterio, flyer. Got him in the 619, but I mean... Got him early, and then he missed the... Um, he, he messed up big time. Yeah, and that was a quick match, because uh, Samoa Joe, he's a... Um, headlock and then just... Yeah, it's the commuter clutch, I think it's called. He just That's a deadly move. Um, Samoa Joe's been on fire lately. Yeah. Um, the last three... His last three title defenses, he literally won in minutes. And I think they're going to make him lose it in like some BS way, and he's going to get a title shot against Kofi. I mean, I thought they were going to... Like a big Probably, title shot. I thought they were going to get Lesnar and win. Because yeah. they want him to beat uh, CM Punk's record. Because, you know, WWE hates CM Punk. Yeah, they don't like CM Punk. So, I mean, I thought that was going to happen, but... Yeah, they don't like music. CM Punk at all. And, honestly, they kind of brought that upon themselves. But we're not going to talk about the CM Punk thing. Last match CM I want to talk about, really. Um, am I missing anything, like, really crazy? CM Punk Dynasty. CM Punk was I miss CM Punk every wrestling fan misses CM Punk but we kind of got to get over it because it never happens uh, oh it'll never happen again I guess yeah I guess the last thing we'll talk about is the Lynch. main event Becky Lynch Becky Lynch Charlotte Flair and Ronda Rousey um the thing I wanted to bring up first on uh, the Monday Night Raw after uh, Becky Lynch cut a promo and she said she she calls Ronda Ronnie and I and she <laughs> she called Charlotte. Rick's daughter. <laughs> I thought that was so funny because she hates being known as like that. Like her, she, a part daughter. of her character, she hates being known as like Rick. Flair. She doesn't hate that Rick Flair's her dad. She just hates that she's only known as Rick Flair's daughter. And Becky's like, yeah, it was no problem beating like in her really heavy Irish accent. No problem really beating manly voice. No problem beating Ronnie and and Rick's daughter. And it was like, oh my god, it's so funny. Um, but yeah, the again, I think it wasn't the best match, but. It sent the fans home happy because they got exactly what they wanted. Um, I, I I think, think the f- it was just rushed in that match. It was definitely rushed, but again, that's because it was seven and a half hours. It ended at twelve thirty. It was ridiculous. When you could have cut the Miz and Shane McMahon's fight a little shorter. That was like thirty yeah. minutes in itself. That was a long fight. Um, they could cut that shorter, and I mean, I feel they already cut it shorter for Rey Mysterio and Samoa Joe going out there for like thirty seconds. Yeah. Oh wait, another thing I did want to bring about WrestleMania: John Cena. Oh yeah! Oh, that was great. Doctor Thugonomics. I had no, I had no idea he was coming out like that because no one did. No one did, because I, I remember I saw the Babe Ruth thing. I was like, oh, this is cool, because I'm a Yankees fan. So I was like, oh, Babe Ruth, whatever. I mean, I know you're kind of overrated, but it was still a cool little intro. And Elias um, was doing his thing, and that cut up, and then we just start hearing the the intro to John's the. Doctor of Thugonomics. His like, old intro. No, yeah, his old intro. Not that my time is up. Like his Doctor of Thugonomics song that he only used from like 2002 to 2005. And wow, the place went crazy. Absolute electric factory. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing though that I my my friend told me that like in the it at the Hall of Fame because I have he he has friends that went to the Hall of Fame. They kind of like teased it a bit. Like, they accidentally showed the Doctor of Thugonomics on their screen instead of the the Hall of Fame thing. So, they were, like, kind of, like, spoiled that they kind of knew it was coming later in the night because they had it, like, ready. Right, but, I mean, yeah. it was it's still pretty cool to see, like, all the, the uh, the, the old John Cena. And he was like, I'm, John Cena's about to go heel. Said something about his nuts in his bush. It was just pretty funny. And Elias is, 
Elias is Elias. Elias. Everyone loves Elias because they know they're going to get something when Elias comes out. Someone oh, else is going to come out. Elias. Really? I like when he gets knocked out. <laughs> I'm not a fan of him when he's out there just singing. Mm-hmm. Log of Elias. No, thank you. <laughs> All right, so WrestleMania. That was, it was a pretty good event. Very long. If you're just going to catch a few of the matches, I'd really recommend Tista and Triple H. I'd really recommend Kofi Kingston and Daniel Bryan. And I guess the other one I'd, I would recommend, personally, if you just want to see a good wrestling match, is AJ Styles versus AJ Styles versus Randy Orton. Those were probably the three like best like actual matches like of wrestling. If you want to see another another good match was the uh, the four the four team tag team match between Aleister Black and Ricochet. The Bar was it the Bar? Yeah, it was the Bar. Yeah, the uh, Fatal Four Way. Yeah, the Usos. The Usos and who's the last team? Yeah, beat on that one. They're probably really irrelevant, but um, yeah, the, whoever the last it team was. It was uh, Shisuke Nakamura. Oh, Nakamura and I Rusev. Shinsuke Nakamura Shinsuke. and Rusev. That was another good match, just because the Usos and Ricochet and Alias Black are all very exciting, and I think they, I think that should be like a match just them two. You don't need Rusev and Shinsuke. You don't need the bar because people are sick of them. They want a breath of fresh air, and Ricochet and Alias Black is that breath of fresh air, fresh air in the tag team division. Anyway, yeah, we'll... I mean, very good up-and-coming fighter, but we'll move on. We'll move from WrestleMania 35 to UFC... What is it, 236? Yep. 236. And the main event for that is a big one because... It's a double main event. It's, yeah, it's, it's a double main event, and the, the big... We'll start with the middleweight fight, uh, the co-main event, which is Kelvin Gastelum and... I Israel Adesanya. Yeah. Um, six Israel is sixteen and zero, and Kevin, Kevin is, is fifteen three. Mm-hmm. And this is this will one pr- no contest. The winner of this will probably be the number one contender for the middleweight championship, as Kevin Gosselman is the number one contender currently, and Israel Adesanya is sixteen and zero. So if he wins, I'm assuming he just slip in the number one contender spot. I mean, if I was a betting man and I am a betting man, I would throw the house on Israel. You would. He's a phenomenal fighter. I didn't. Um, I didn't bet on this fight, but I did bet on the other fight, the uh, main event, which was Max yeah. Holloway and Dustin Poirier, who is their second fight this year. Yeah. I bet it on Max Holloway. I think that's a good fight. Max Holloway has been a beast lately. Uh yeah. Well, obviously he holds the title. He does. He has hold. Yeah. He and he's been holding the title for a while now too. Yeah. But I, I think it's gonna be a great fight regardless. Oh yeah, I do too. I Blood do too. will be spilled. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Poirier did win the last time these two fought. They, I believe, he won by submission. Yeah. However, that was, I think, five six years ago. Years ago. Yeah. It was years ago, Close. and they're they're both different fighters now. Even though it still should be a good fight, I I'm not. I wouldn't bet against Max Holloway as he's, one of the best fighters in the UFC at the moment. Pound for pound, in the pound for pound rankings, he might be in the top five. Yeah, uh, trying to find when this was. Their last fight. Uh, but, going back to it, I mean, you have the light heavyweight Eric Anders and Khalil Roontree. You got Eric at 11-3. And, oh, and uh, Khalil at 7-3-0. One no contest. Mm-hmm. Walterweight Alan Yobin, Jobin, sixteen six and zero. Uh, Dwight Grant nine two and zero, and the light heavyweight Avin Saint Peru and Nikita Krylov. Uh, mm-hmm. Avin's twenty three twelve and zero. Nikita twenty four six and zero. But mm-hmm. I actually not sure if Max Holloway's defending his title. 
because he's not the lightweight champion. He is the featherweight champion, and he's moving up to lightweight for this fight to fight Dustin Poirier. So I don't think it's even a title fight. I think he just wants another chance to fight Poirier. Yeah, and the, the odds on this fight, uh, Poirier is a, a favorite. Not like a super heavy favorite, but definitely a favorite, like a healthy favorite. His odds are like negative 215 or something like that. Yeah, well, I mean, it's you do have to take into account that he did win la- in their last meeting. Yeah. No, yeah. no, Holloway didn't. Poirier did. Oh, I thought you said Poirier. No, uh, I might have said Poirier. I'm, I'm off today, but no, Holloway is the favorite, yeah. Um, yeah, so they fought in 2012. Yeah. That was the last time they fought, which ages ago, completely. Oh, yeah, seven years ago. But I, I'd go with Poirier on this. Really? Yeah. I went I went Max Holloway. I think he's a good fighter. Um, uh, take a look at his last... I'm going to take a look real quick at his last five fights just to see who he played. Or played. Who he played, yeah. Yeah, fought. Self Jack. <laughs> I did play myself. Uh, Israel Adesanya, I think, is hands down going to win this fight that he has. I mean, did you watch uh, in February his last fight? No, I didn't. He beat oh, wait. Anderson Silva. Oh, really? Yeah, he beat Anderson Silva, Derek Brunson, Brad Tavares. I mean, he's fighting yeah, his he's way fight- up. Yeah, he is fighting his way up, definitely. <laughs> I mean, he's a phenomenal fighter. He's a fight- He's Nigerian, too, right? Yeah. Nigerian-born. Yeah, he's a, he's pretty good. And honestly, what weight class was he in? Lightweight, right? Middleweight? Middleweight. Middleweight. He's Robert Whitaker is the current champion. Um, uh, this is for a contender. If yeah, so I think he'll I fight. Think he he'll probably Robert. fight by the end of the year. Definitely, he'll fight Whitaker. Yeah. I think he'd easily take Robert Whitaker. Mm-hmm. See, Max Holloway, he he fought in December. He fought Brian Ortega and he killed him. He, I mean, he no, he didn't knock him out till the fourth round, in the end of the fourth round. But he was in control the entire fight. And Brian Ortega, that was his first loss. Uh, he beat Jose Aldo twice, and Jose Aldo, as we know, is a great fighter too. He is 28-4, and two of those losses were to Max Holloway. One of them was to Conor McGregor. So even his losses are to very elite fighters. Uh, Anthony Pettis back in 2016. He's been champion for a long time. He's yeah. Max Holloway is riding at one, two, three, four, five game, a five match winning streak going into this one. So I don't know. I just don't. I wouldn't bet against Max Holloway. He's an insane fighter. He's been doing really well and. I think he's going to add another victory. I think that's why he's moving up to lightweight, because I think he's dominating the featherweight division, and I think he wants to show what he can do in a higher weight. Well, I mean, if you're going to go off of, you know, the five-fight win streak right now, I mean, going back to his last five fights, mm-hmm. we'll go all the way back to February 11, 2017, when okay. he Jim Miller uh, by decision in three rounds. Mm-hmm. His next fight, May 13th, got put into a no contest in the second round against Eddie Alvarez. Then, next fight, Anthony Pettis knocked him out in the third round. 2018 will go to April 14th, knocked out Justin... We'll go Gaethje. I can't say that last name. <laughs> I think it's Gaethje. In the yeah. fourth round. Eddie Alvarez. Yeah, Eddie Alvarez knocked out in the second round. And his last fight was canceled. Yeah, it's Nate Diaz, Diaz which, yeah. Would have been a good fight. Would have been a very good fight, and I would have been very happy to watch it. Yeah, that would have been really fun. Nate Diaz is a great fighter, a great boxer, especially if 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 Nate Diaz can keep you off the court. If you can keep, if you can't keep Nate Diaz on the ground, he can really 
really um really fuck you up for lack of a better term yeah um but uh i mean there's been a lot of talk going back yeah. and forth between these guys i mean just 35 minutes ago dustin poirier on promise to knock out max holloway at ufc 236 Let's see there's no love in there. There's no love in there. He's coming for blood. He wants to, you know. Yeah, I mean that's go what you got to do as a main event too. Like you got to sell. You got to sell yeah, your product. Sell, but I mean, also. But there's definitely no love between these two guys. These guys hate each other. And you know what I wish there would be? I wish there'd be another John Jones Daniel Cormier fight because that was a heated rivalry. That was yeah. really heated. It still is. They still don't like each other. Yeah. And they, I don't think they ever will. I don't think they'll ever bury the hatchet. I think wish they would make for a great senior citizen fight. Yeah, <laughs> when they're both 55. Got John game. Jones taking the oxygen tank and absolutely <laughs> smashing it over Cormier's head. That would be great. Anyway, so staying on the topic of UFC, TJ Dillashaw recently got suspended for two years because of an EPO, because they found EPO in the system. I believe it was EPOs in the system. But two years, that seems like a long time. I mean, not doesn't seem that is a long time to be suspended. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm not trying to compare the you know EPO test and uh, Ray Rice in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I mean, Ray Rice is suspended indefinitely. He got the boot from the league. Yeah. And he it's kind of Ray Rice. You know, one of the first guys to really get caught doing that. Yeah. He's the example. You give him the harsh sentence. So other people don't Don't think. do it. Yeah, and that's yeah. what I think is happening with T.J. Dillashaw. The thing is, though, with Ray Rice, Ray Rice was kind of like getting old when he beat the sh- when he knocked out his girlfriend or his fiance. Still though. But T.J. Dillashaw, though, he's in the prime of his career. Um, I I think he I'm not sure if he lost his last. I no, he killed his last fight. He kicked Corey Garbrandt's ass. I'm like 95 percent sure. He, he killed uh, Corey Garbrandt, but I don't know. He no, he actually fought Henry Judo and he lost in the first round. But I guess the Garbrandt one was before that. Yeah, Corey Garbrandt was in August. Okay, I forgot about the Henry Judo fight. So he did lose to Henry Judo, but still, T.J. Dillashaw was a top, was a top tier um, feather. No, he's not. He's flyweight. He was a top tier flyweight fighter, and to lose to and, and like I, t- I guess. Suspended for two years after losing your title. Uh, how old is he? He's like 30, 33. He'll be 35 when he gets back. He's going to be, unless he trains like very vigorously during the time, he's going to be rusty. I think this might be the end of his career. Yeah. Uh, so, T.J. Dillashaw, whatever happens, I mean, it happens. You can't change it now. But going back to what we said with Ray Rice, I mean, you said he was old. He was 27 at the time of his suspension, of when he got the boot. 27, 26, his birthday's in January. So, think about it. He's only, two, he's only three years older than Kareem Hunt right now. And Grant and Kareem Hunt's probably a much better player than Ray Rice ever was. But, yeah, I mean, it's kind of like a slap in the face. You used to spend Ray Rice indefinitely, and Kareem Hunt gets a slap on the wrist compared to you. Kareem yeah. Hunt broke three tackles to showed off his Pro Bowl capability to go get that girl. Yeah. Yeah, you know, he, he, he really wanted to hurt that girl. There was a yeah. lot of people stopping him. Um, I think the only reason why it didn't escalate into a Ray like what Ray Rice did Ray Rice did is because there were people there. Ray Rice and his girlfriend were like locked in an elevator. That's yeah. why um, he just gave her a mean right hook. It was um that was not good. Um 
Yeah. Um, what is you know what Ray Rice is up to now? He's trying to get back in the league. He's training. He still is. He's training. Maybe he'll, go to, maybe he'll go to the XFL. <laughs> You'd be lucky to have him. <laughs> I don't have any faith in the XFL. <laughs> All right, so I guess now we'll talk playoffs. April is a great time. We talked about Game of Thrones. First full month of baseball. Obviously, UFC still a thing. WrestleMania is in the beginning. There's so much going on. Avengers Endgame. And the best, maybe one of the best parts about it is playoff sports. Playoff basketball and hockey. I think we'll, since hockey starts first, I think we'll start with hockey first. And we'll finish it up with basketball. Last thing we talk about because there's a lot to talk about for both. So, first thing I want to talk about with hockey is the Columbus Blue Jackets. Down 3 nothing, Scores 4 unanswered to four unanswered to beat the Tampa Bay Lightning. And a lot of people are shocked. The Tampa Bay Lightning are a great team. They tied, didn't they tie the record for like most, most points in the season, most season. wins in a single season? They won the President's Trophy, and I think that's why a lot of people are betting against the Lightning because I think a lot like it's like a curse yeah, almost. Nice. Well, yeah, the President's, the President's trophy, trophy has never won. It's a curse. You don't yeah. want to win the President's Trophy. Rangers did it, and look what happened. Yeah, they lost. lost. The Kings. Was that that year? Yeah. Uh, that, Trust me, I know about that year. <laughs> yeah, that was heartbreaking. But going back when we were saying Blue Jackets, how they upset the Lightning, overcoming that four that three goal deficit. Mm. John Tortorella. I, Tortorella. John, Tortorella. Yeah, I'm Great sorry. Coach. I'm having bad link tongue skills today. <laughs> Don't worry, both of us are. But uh, him and the Blue Jackets are notorious for winning the first two road games in the playoffs and then getting swept. It's I don't know. Tampa, also notorious for choking in the playoffs. Yeah. But I don't have faith in Columbus at all. You think if Lightning wins a series? Lightning wins st- a series. It doesn't matter if they lose their next game, but Columbus will lose. It may it may have to go to seven, but Columbus will lose. Mm-hmm. Tampa will advance. You think Tampa's going to advance, but you think they're going to advance past the second round, or you think they're going to kick that Depends on who they play. Depends on who they play. All right. Uh, Penguins, Islanders. Islanders won four three, at uh, at no a Fishstick Stadium. Is I call them Fishsticks. I'm a huge. They play Barclays, right? Yeah, Barclays. Yeah, Fishstick Stadium. Okay. But um, uh, the only real, the only good team that played there than Nets, though. Right, so it's mean, a stretch. <laughs> um, so the Islander, the Penguins, obviously, as we know, are not the team they used to be. However, playoff experience. They do have the playoff experience. The Islanders are not known for winning in the playoffs. However, people do see the island. A lot of people yeah, do see the island for winning in general. That's true, but there's always that was they're in a new era now. They got rid of Tavares and they're still looking like a good team. You think this new look Islanders? No, you don't think so. I do not. Right. They may get lucky win this round, but next round they're not. They're not getting past two. You think the Penguins are getting past the second round? Again, I think they have to get hot. Miss. They're gonna if they're they're. I feel like they're a team that if they need to if. Say, for example, this series goes to five. Penguins need to win every game from here on out. Mm-hmm. They can't split like a series at home. They can't split at home. Yeah. Like Penguins need to win every home game. Yeah, definitely. And that's I guess, it's like a saying. Every team needs to win every home game. You shouldn't be losing those games. That's but true. it does happen. I mean, uh, obviously, Blue Jackets at the Lightning. Yeah, definitely. But, but I feel like that's a game where... The, especially because the Lightning are just like 
I'm just going by like regular season. The Lightning are so much better than the Blue Jackets. I feel like losing the first one, don't don't like completely like press the panic button yet. Maybe if they lose two, then they have to start worrying. And definitely if they lose three in a row, they lose three. That's when you start to panic. But I mean, I'll I'm gonna give the Lightning the benefit of the doubt. I'm not saying that the Blue Jackets are a terrible team. Yeah, no, definitely not. They made the playoffs, but. When you're the best team in the league by far, it is hard to go into a game to try and play a crappy team. Yeah. It's hard to get pumped up for it. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know playoff hockey is different, but it still affects you. Mm -hmm. Uh, Going on to the Blues Jets. St. Louis won that game 2-1. 2-1. I feel like it's going to be a good series. I can definitely see that going to uh, 7. Going to 7, yeah. I think it will. I think it will. I I think the winner of this series might have a real shot at making the cup. Yes, yeah, I think they're two evenly matched teams. The Jets are my pick to make it for the West. So. Mm-hmm. I mean, hopefully they do because I think, I yeah. got money riding on it. But. <laughs> did you you bet on like just the matchup, or did you bet like on? I bet on everything. All I right. bet on my uh, you know, fifty fifty. Yeah. What else? I bet on all like I do a lot of side bets too. Yeah. I have a problem, but uh, mm-hmm. lose two sh- one over Winnipeg at home. Mm-hmm. That's a very solid win for the yeah. Blues. Stars and Predators. Stars, Preds, Stars. Yeah, I mean Stars. Are I think good. they're go. They won. I don't. I still think the Predators are gonna win though. You think I, the Preds are gonna pull it through? They're they're just. I think they're. It's not like they're a bad playoff team. They just can't finish the job. Yeah, like they can get they, to they the Western Conference Final. They can get to even the Stanley Cup Final. They've been to. They, they just limp through the playoffs. They just. They they're good in the first round. Definitely. They know how to win the first round, even the second round, but like once it gets past that, like they're just that's when they start like breaking down, I guess. I, I think assume. they I think they limp through playoffs every year and mm-hmm. this year it's not gonna cut it. Yeah. The stars are winning the series. Okay. Uh Sharks Golden Knights. That's the Sharks another team that just chokes in the playoffs. Yeah. The Sharks they're they're always a team I wanna see win. And didn't they they won or made the Stanley Cup a few years back, didn't they? Was it against the Penguins? Leave so. Yeah, I think it was against the Penguins. You look that up, or yeah, I got it. Uh, yeah, sh- yeah. So, sh- I mean, San Jose team that you like to watch, but uh, Golden Knights. I mean, another great team. They kind of, you know, came out of nowhere last year, making it to the Stanley Cup Finals. Yeah. This year, hopefully, looking to repeat that because I do like Vegas. I mean, it's good to see an underdog story like that. Yeah, it is. That's- <laughs> no, yeah, Vegas is a fun. They're definitely a fun team to watch. They're no big stars. They're a true underdog story. Yeah, it's you know true Cinderella story. Yeah, definitely. But uh, it's you know it is kind of hard to watch them go into San Jose and lose. Yeah. By three, mm-hmm. let them five goals. Yeah, that's that's not a good sign. Yeah. I mean, um, could be worse. Especially when you especially when you don't have home ice advantage. Yeah. You need to win. A, you need to win a few road games. You, you need, need at least split need the first. Keep it close. Yeah, you need to at least split the first series to have a chance. Yeah, I mean it could be worse. It could be like another team that we will talk about later. Mm-hmm. But uh, going on our next one, the Leafs at the Bruins, four-one. I don't. I'm hyped because I hate the Bruins. I hate Boston teams. Boston's I'm just happy that they were losing. I'm not a big fan of any New England team, but the Leafs also I'm not really a big fan of. Yeah, but, you know, I, I don't know. It's I, a I, two evils. I'd like Tavares to be honest, though, especially since like all it's sh- all all he's done for the Islanders, the amount of effort he put into his team, they didn't really build around him at all, and they just kind of like slapped him. Like their fan base just kind of said, Fuck, "Like screw yeah. you." They're ruthless about well, it. I mean, hockey fans are ruthless. They are. You leave on a bad note, that's gonna be remembered forever. 
I mean, you, do you think like the Bryce Harper leaving for Philly thing was pretty bad? How the fans handle it? Yeah, but I, I know that's a yeah. lot worse. I picture it like ten times worse. It is ruthless I know. in the NHL. One of the smallest, not one of the smallest sport fan bases. There also one of the most, most vicious, passionate. most passionate. Definitely don't call it vicious. It's passion. Passion, whatever. But uh, going back to the yeah, actual score, of the game four one over the Bruins. Lesser two evils. I do like Elise. Taking mm-hmm. the series. I, I don't know. I like a lot of the players in the Leafs. Like I like Austin Matthews. He's a young, young team. Young, great guy. Young I still team. don't think this is their year to win it. They're still too young, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But I think they, I think they're looking a few years away. But I, I can still see them being contenders in a few years. Capitals, Hurricanes. Capitals obviously defending champs, and they're looking good. Four two win against the Hurricanes. Again, it's over the Hurricanes. So, I yeah. mean, don't get me wrong. Hurricanes obviously a good team. They didn't they're, not the ter- they're not terrible. They're not terrible as they used to be. But again, they haven't. They don't have playoff experience. Alexander Ovechkin had, I think he scored his like 60th playoff goal, which I feel that's a lot of playoff goals. Yeah, Capitals consistently. Yeah, play. um, I remember I saw, I saw a it was a picture of four, four Carolina defenders, um, like along the ice, and Ovechkin was just like sitting like by the net on his left hash. On the left hash, yeah, he was on the left hash. He was like right there. And he just passed it to Ovechkin and he scored. That's his money spot. He will score almost 100% of the time from there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yes. that's his. That's exactly. That's like Steph Curry behind the three-point line. Ovechkin yeah. from the hash. It's automatic. And I mm-hmm. hate it, but yeah. It, obviously, a good team figures out how to play around that. Mm-hmm. And last but certainly not least, the Calgary Flames shut out the Avalanche in the first game. That's not a good sign because the Avalanche well, I mean, not gave even, up four goals. Not only that, but they couldn't freaking Colorado score. was getting murdered yeah. up and down the ice just absolutely beat to everything they, they just looked like they didn't belong in the playoffs they, they looked like they didn't want to play anymore yeah they just want to go play some golf and that's, go watch the masters yeah, drink some beer that team i was talking about that's a little bit worse off than the golden knights or yeah anything. i kind of figured that out when he said that but, uh, <laughs> but no um there's still some very interesting matchups long series i mean and um there's definitely interesting matchups, and tomorrow, not, tomorrow is start of the NBA playoffs, which is what we talked about next. We kind of previewed matchups last episode. However, a lot of the matchups that we previewed changed because there's a lot of changing in the seedings. Um, the Rockets, in, within the span of a day, went from the second seed to the fourth seed. Yeah. The Nets stayed at the sixth seed, as I thought they'd be the eighth seed. No, they were the seventh seed, and they went to the sixth seed. Pistons went to the eighth. The Heat didn't even make the playoffs. There's just a lot of things going on. And I guess we'll just kind of like preview each matchup. Nets 76ers starts at two. Oh man, I work at two. I'm gonna miss the game. Oh my god. Anyway, Nets 76ers fake fan. Two thirty. I'm gonna watch it on my phone anyway. I'm sitting in the bathroom and watching it on my phone probably. Um, I've actually been reading that Joel Embiid is a game time decision, and that makes uh, yeah I, I don't want to see how the hell he's not going to play he's going to want to play yeah he's going to definitely want to play i don't out there for peg like he will still play i don't see the nets winning this series i don't think anyone sees the nets winning this series i do think they can win up to two games though i don't i think they'll win one i'm going to do you one less they're going to win one game at most and it's going to be at home yeah it's definitely going to be at home the road. they're not winning it in philly the only what the only way they could win this game is one if Embiid is hurt actually Joel Embiid is doubtful for tomorrow yeah, he'll play he will play. Still having a pain in his left knee. Does not know if he will play. Beats frustrated. If Embiid doesn't play, that's a huge hole for the Nets. For not the Nets. For the uh, 
the um for the Sixers, the Sixers, and especially if they don't have Embiid scoring in, um, you have you don't have to worry that much for the three point line because Simmons can't want Simmons can't shoot threes, so you don't even have to worry about him taking a shot. So you you can just have Jared Allen stay in for him to like play like inside defense. It's probably a good idea to play zone against the Sixers because, I mean, there's really no point in guarding Ben Simmons at three point line because you know he's not going to shoot it. Um, again, the the only way that what the Nets really need to do to like have any chance in the series, which they kind of don't already, they have to. Um, they have to like, I can't even think of something. <laughs> no, no, to, they have yeah. they're bent. They have to like. Take advantage of when the bench is in because you have to take a knee like a hammer to Embiid's knee every game. Yeah, that's what they need to do. Yeah, because well, the Seventy Sixers, while they're they're starting their starting lineup is very very good. They don't have their a very bench. beach depth. Yeah, very bench deep bench. Bad. They have a very bad bench. And on the contrary, the Nets have a good bench. They have a lot of good players on the, coming off the bench. They got Spencer Dinwiddie. They got Joe and Joe Harris starts, but they got Trevion Graham, Rondé Hollis Jefferson, Ed Davis is a great rebounder and. That's another thing. If Ed Davis is in the game and they have Jared Allen, that and Joel Embiid will not play. If he doesn't play the first game, that's a really, really good sign for rebounding because Ed Davis he can grab a lot of boards if there's Joel Joel Embiid is not there to compete with him for him. But again, I don't really see any of the six, seven, or eight seeds winning. Nor do I see the fifth seed winning in the Eastern Conference. However, I think the Pacers could give the Celtics a run for their money, especially if the Celtics aren't clicking how they weren't clicking for most of the season. Um, I guess matchup, we'll, we'll kind of like talk quickly about these because, again, there's not really much to talk about. Magic, Magic and Raptors. Magic have been playing pretty good lately, but... They have. I could see him, you know, kind of shocking the Raptors, staying with them, and definitely like giving them a good game, but the Raptors will ultimately win the series. Yeah, definitely. Unless... The only way I can see the Magic doing anything is Kyle Lowry just stinks that bad with Kawhi Leonard. The Miami Miracle. Yeah. Like, um, DeRozan's not there anymore, and they have some players that are playoff. They actually have some players that are, like, playoff, like, not contenders, obviously. Playoff, um, like, ready? experienced. Playoff ready. Like, Marcus Gasol's on the Raptors now. Uh, Nikola Miritich had a good series against uh, the Trailblazers last year when the Pelicans sweeped up Trailblazers. So there's definitely some good players on the, the Raptors team that are ready, unlike last year when they had DeRozan and Kyle Lowry who were the two leaders of the team and just broke down in the playoffs against LeBron. So I guess we'll stick in the Eastern Conference, then we'll go Pacers-Celtics. This is probably the most interesting Eastern Conference matchup, especially in the first round of the playoffs. And I do think the Celtics will ultimately win this. I think even though it'll be a good series, I think it will definitely go to six or seven unless the Celtics completely turn everything around. Um, the Pacers don't have like a standout guy, but they have a lot of great role players like uh, Bojan Bogdanovic, Tyreek Evans. I'm not even sure if he's still hurt, but he's a good player. Wesley Matthews, Miles Turner, who's the best rim protector in the league, and they're just a lot. They're a good like defensive team, and if they can stop. Boston's offense, I think they could have a very good chance because Boston doesn't have the best defense, especially since Marcus Smart, their best best defender with uh, Jalen Brown, will not be playing. I'm gonna say, you know go overhead on this one. I'm gonna say the Pacers are gonna win. 
Pacers play like a team. They do. They have good team chemistry, and I mean, that's something that we've been hearing all season about the Celtics, how they lack it. How there's constant arguing and fighting in the locker room. Exactly. Constant par- arguing, there's constant problems fighting. with that team. It's toxic. Mm-hmm. It's, and the, just the thing that's really amazing is how um, Nate McMillan, the coach of the the Indiana Pacers, just had such a great... Even after Victor Oladipo got down, he was still able to maintain a four seed. Because myself included, a lot of people think they were going to fall into like the bottom of the playoff race, and they never did. And they just kept fighting. They kept playing their heart out. And that has a lot to do with Coach Nate McMillan. Who is probably a candidate for Coach of the Year? Uh, I do have to agree with you on that. He'll, I, I think he is my favorite one, Coach of the mm-hmm. Year. But going back to, it'll definitely go to Game Seven. Definitely go to Seven. Yeah, I can see. I think that might be. That's going to be the only one in the East that goes to Game Seven. Yeah. And last one we'll talk about uh, the one seed, which is the Bucks and the Pistons. Uh, the Pistons have good big men. However, they can't stop Giannis. It's just the Bucks. Yeah, it's just Giannis the Bucks. The Bucks. Offense. They they might be able to out rebound them and they might be able to stay in the games because of out re their just because of rebounds they're but. rebounding but they don't have good perimeter defenders they don't have good perimeter shooters and the Bucks do they're just a much more complete team yeah. um, so I feel like they can stay in it they'll they might stay in some of the games in like the beginning but after the end they'll tire out and like the Bucks will just play a faster paced game make much more threes they're just more fast break points and they'll start to run away with it later in games like the third fourth quarter and the pistons will just fall off yeah uh, i completely agree on that one the bucks are just too good for the pistons to stop mm-hmm. all right all right all right uh, now we got clippers warriors clippers warriors clippers are a great team of no one saw them making the playoffs doc rivers again just shows how he is a very underrated coach even after, even though, even after he was the coach of the Celtics with Pierce Garnett, Ray Allen, some people forgot about him being the Clippers head coach once Chris Paul and Blake Griffin left. However, he's still a great coach and he's great, great Porsche, a great reason why the Clippers are such a great team. Even after they they traded away Tobias Harris and the rest player was probably Daniel Danilo Gallinari or no Lou Williams, but then probably Danilo Gallinari. After Lou Williams was their best player coming off the bench and literally being. That he took a team with a bunch of role players, a bunch of starters, or like good starters, not terrible, not great, no no stars pretty much, no like top twenty players, and came out with an eight seed and one of the better records in the in the in the league, especially. So I don't think, however, they can beat the Warriors just because the Warriors are a super team. The Warriors, yeah, I mean, Warriors, the Warriors are the Warriors. It's Steph Curry. I mean, it's just a combination. Yeah, and of... honestly, like the War, the Clippers. Don't get me wrong, great team. I still think they're gonna get swept. That's just because I think the Warriors are that good. The Warriors are, they're a playoff team. Yeah, they're they more than around. a playoff team. They're a championship yeah. team. They joke around in the regular season mm-hmm. and playoffs when they finally start warming up, and then you know, yeah, it comes to the championship, and it's like, oh, I guess we gotta play now. Yeah, definitely. Um, Spurs Nuggets. Spurs are the seven. Nuggets are the two. Denver. Only I don't time even know. I'll say that. Pop, Pop, I, I don't know because Pop had definitely his experience. He knows to coach in the playoffs. A lot of these Nuggets guys never been in the playoffs, or they haven't been in situations like this. Like Gary Harris, Jamal Crawford, not Jamal Crawford, Jamal. What's his name? Fuck. Who's the point guard on the? Where the hell's the point guard on the freaking? Jamal, Jamal something. On the Nuggets, Jamal Murray. Jamal Murray, yeah, that's exactly what it is. Uh, Jamal Murray, they do have a good, like, Paul Millsap they have. 
Uh, Isaiah Thomas. Isaiah Thomas. Michael. I think Michael Porter is out till next year. But they have a good team of good starters, and they have a good deep bench with Miles Plumley, Mason Plumley, Juan Herma Gomez, uh, Monte Morris. They have a lot of good players, a lot of great role players, and they have a good starting five. However, I don't. Not sure. We're, we'll find out this series how how they're going to perform under pressure of the playoffs. I think Jamal Murray has shown he can. He's a very inefficient player at times, and he's very, he's very, um, he's very streaky. He's either really hot, or really cold. He has a lot of great games, and he's a lot of games where he's shooting the ball. You can like say crazy. That about a lot of people on a lot of teams. So yeah, I mean, ultimately, it comes down to oh, you gotta have a crappy game or a crap or a good game. I mean, it's the same thing with Carmelo Anthony, great mm-hmm. player. I mean, he just he was hit or miss. And that's why I never won in the playoffs. The good players in the playoffs. That's why the Knicks should have gotten rid of him a while ago. Yeah, I, I agree with that, too. Like, the consistent players, like Giannis, like James Harden, like LeBron, all these players that do well consistently, those are the players that are forming the championship teams. So we'll see players. I mean, yes, they're still young, but my, uh, Malik Beasley, too, is another great player on the team. Yeah. They're still young, but... I, I, I don't know. It's like they're, Nikola Jokic, he's obviously the leader of the team. He's probably, he's arguably a top 10 player. I would say he's definitely a top 15 player in the league. Just a great floor general, even as a center. Um, he's very he's a very good defender. Not an amazing defender, but he's still a very good defender. He's great offensively on shooting. Post, his post moves are spot on. Great, obviously a great playmaker. So he's going to have to lead the team. He's going to have to be the leader to be able to beat... Arguably the best coach of all time, Greg Popovich, or one of the best coaches of all time, Greg up Popovich. Yeah, he's definitely up there. But I can see this either going to seven games with the Denver Nuggets winning, or four games with them losing, depending on how they perform. Because you really don't know if the Nuggets and the Spurs. I feel like you kind of know that what you're gonna get with the Spurs, because with the players they have, they're mostly veterans, like kind of older. And Lamarcus Aldridge is like 32. I think Demar Rose is around 29. Um, they do have Rudy Gay's like thirty uh, beginning or low end thirties too. They've all been in the playoffs before. They all know the uh, emo- the uh, culture. They all know the uh, the feeling of being in the playoffs. So they're ex- they have experience. While these Nuggets players, they really don't. So, what do you, what do you think's gonna? Uh, I'm gonna take the Nuggets in five. Nuggets in five. Okay. Yeah. So I'll, I'll give the Spurs, you know, you know, one or two. Okay, but the Nugs, I think, ultimately are just a flat out better team. Mm-hmm. They, I, I do too. It just depends on how they. This is another good one. Uh, the Thunder and the Trailblazers. I think it has potential to be good. It's I do too. It's not going to be good inherently, just because you know Thunder and Blazers. Yeah. The Thunder don't start off hot. They're getting swept. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Thunder, um, Thunder, like as we just said, you have players that are hit or miss. Thunder are a hit or miss team in exactly. general. Exactly. Like Paul George, first half of the season. Was an MVP candidate. He was amazing. Yeah, Second half up. of the season, he I mean he's still good defensively. He's better defensively, but he's not having a good second half. I mean Russell Westbrook is a player. Well, he'll always put up great numbers, but sometimes he's not as efficient as he is other days. Yeah. Um, Stephen Adams is usually always a good offensive center. Mm. I mean, it's they don't really have thing with this the the Thunder. They don't have shooters other than yeah. Paul George is the only like good. Shooter I mean, on the I team, and like I guess Marquise Morris too. Uh, Russ too. I mean, he can mm-hmm. he can shoot threes, but he's not like a he's still very he efficient. He won't pull up and take the three as often as Steph Curry. Yeah, that's a thing. Yeah, that's true. 
But, like, when you look at these players, like, I guess Dennis Schroeder can shoot up as well. If you look at players like Andre Robertson, Jeremy Grant, Nerlens Noel, Terrence Ferguson, even Raymond Felton, Abdul Nader, they're not great three-point shooters, where it's really hard as a team in the NBA today to not have a good three-point shooting team and be successful. Yeah, I mean, look at it. Uh, the Warriors are consistently just Drains everything. accurate yeah. from the three, exactly. from beyond the arc, and look at them. Yeah, and they're the best team in the league. They've built a dynasty. They have. Uh, the Trailblazers, on the other hand, the thing with the Trailblazers, they don't have their center, Yusef Nurkic, who was a very good player. Very, they, He was a very big part of the team, offensively and defensively. Uh, just really hard. I mean, Ennis Cantor's again, he's still a pretty good offensive player, but he's not good on defense. But they're a team with good shooters. They have Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum. CJ McCollum is a great three-point shooter. He's also one of the better He's probably one of the best mid-range shooters in the game. And his and his canter is good in the post. He's also a great rebounder. So I feel like Ennis Cantor can definitely do well getting boards over Norland Noel or Jeremy Grant. Uh, Seth Curry, even though he doesn't shoot very often, when he does usually makes it in, Ronnie Hood has a good shot. Still this won. is a team yeah. this is a team that they if they want to win, they're gonna have to be efficient on behind the three point line. They're gonna have to play some good defense too, because uh, you don't want Russell Westbrook or Paul George taking control of the game because if you let one of them two get hot at any point in the series or any point of a game, chances are you're going to end up losing. Yeah, uh, going back to what you said, uh, you know, Seth Curry, kind of like the knockoff Steph Curry. I mean, both obviously they sound the same, mm-hmm. but as you said, he doesn't really shoot the ball that much, but he, he has a pretty decent shot. I mean, it's not like he's not there. It's yeah. just he, I don't know, doesn't have confidence in his own shot, but... That's something that needs to be worked on off the, off the court, and it needs to be worked out before playoffs, before the season even starts. To be honest, you can't go into a game with someone not shooting. Exactly. Um, uh, last game, Jazz Rockets. Jazz Rockets. Yep. Um, I think it's the Rockets. I think James Harden is. I mean, I think James Harden has the most to prove in these playoffs out of any team. Yes, he had another. He had a historic 2018-2019 season. Um, one of the better ones we've seen in recent years, especially when it comes to scoring the ball or scoring, just comes to playing out scoring, averaging like 36 points per game is something we haven't seen in a very long time. However, now it's the time for him to prove that he can do it in the playoffs, which first round, I think he will. Utah Jazz, uh, Donovan Mitchell is a good defender. However, I don't think that's going to stop James Harden from putting up really good numbers in the, in the series. Um... Rudy, there again. The Jazz are a good defensive team. How and if there's a team that I think would stop the Rockets, I think it is a good defensive team. And I think, but I still don't think that the Rock. I think James Harden's just going to get hot at some point, at some time in every game, and they're, they're just going to end up co- coming with the win. I can I can kind of see that. Uh, excuse me. Like uh, you said, the, like you said, the Jazz very good defensive team. Mm-hmm. I think this will. This will be probably one of my favorite games of, mm. you know, the whole playoffs in the West to watch. Yeah, definitely. But uh, I can see going to seven. I do too. Um, Easily going. I to seven. can see. I I think it's gonna at least go to six, and I can see it going yeah. to seven. I don't see the Rockets losing though. I think, I think James Harden just he's yeah. not gonna let James Harden and Chris Paul too. Chris, Chris Paul has never been in the NBA Finals. I don't think they're allowing a, a first. I think they're doing everything in their rigged, power to get allowing. out of there. He's saying the NBA is rigged. No, I think they're just going to be like there's no shot we're losing this series yeah i could see that rockets yeah. i think are just offensively too good mm-hmm. 
Uh, um, I guess pretty much with the playoffs, we've talked about every matchup. I guess we'll talk about the draft. Of, actually, the NFL or the NHL draft we'll talk about. The lottery was the other night. Devils got the first pick, assuming we take they're taking Jack Hughes, but the New York Rangers got the second pick. And I think, what's his name? So it starts with K's. It's like Kaku Kapo. I actually did. I did look up into him. Um, Cap. I heard that Capo, even though he's Jack Hughes, is definitely the better goal scorer. Capo is like the better, like not the best. He's like more NHL ready than Jack Hughes is like at the moment. And I I read that he was like one of the better. Um, or he's like he's more all around player, and his game is more NHL ready than Jack Hughes is. is. Yeah, I mean Capo Kako. I mean. He's just phenomenal. I'm, I'm yeah. as a Rangers fan, I'm very happy with the second overall pick. Yeah, it's very. I mean, someone that I love to see. I mean, I have Jets at three this year, Rangers at two. Mm-hmm. When it's get better, is it the Knicks get the one? Yeah, you know, hit, hit the, the uh, trifecta. The trifecta. If you get the Knicks get the one, and they take Zion, and then sign either Kyrie or Kevin Durant, that'd be insane to see. But uh, I mean, Kavakaka, it's. Regardless of who the Rangers get, there are three studs in this draft. Yeah. So I'll be happy with either Hughes, Kako, or yeah, v- Vasily Podkosl. I can't see Russian, some Russian guy. The Russian. I mean, Podkosl or whatever his name is. Vasily. Well, I'll call him by his first name. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and even with the, I'm really happy with it too, because like I feel like there's Jack Hughes, and like. A step or two below him is Kapukaku, and then like another like five to like ten steps, five ten steps below him is the rest of the draft. Because yeah. I know Kaku is like there, there's like uh, Hughes is like the undoubted one, Kaku is the undoubted two. I mean, even then you can kind of argue that Kaku could be like the one. Yeah, no, no, I've actually seen that. It's he's uh, John Hughes. Hughes is the number one right now. Yeah, he's fitting what the Devils need. Yeah, goal scorers. Yeah. I mean, so the Rangers. Yeah, in they sense, do too. But they also need to find a new goalie. Lundqvist mm-hmm. is on is limping out of the league. Yeah, he's on his last leg. Um, great him, career, but, I mean, but it's, it's almost it's, time for him to go. Yeah. Um, NBA draft. There's not really much to talk about. I guess when it gets a little bit closer, we'll, we'll talk about it more. You know, when they actually release. Yeah, because Zion Williamson hasn't declared yet, but Cam Reddish and R.J. Barrett have. Um. There's really not too much going on. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see where J- J- uh, John Moran from Murray State goes. Uh, Cameron Edwards from Purdue. It's going to be nice to see where he goes. N- Nasir Little is probably going to go mid-first round. There's a lot of players. It's really interesting to see where they go. But, again, it's not really – a lot can happen with draft stock in the next month or so. When is the draft? It's the end of April, right? Yeah. Yeah, the end of April or – End of April. Uh, wow. What's correct? End of April. End of no, April. wait, the end of April is the NFL draft. Early. Uh, the NBA draft might be end of May, end of the beginning May, yeah. of June. I'm not exactly sure. I thought you were talking about the NFL draft, to be honest. Yeah, middle of, June, middle of June. So, yeah, the NBA draft is in the middle of June. So there's still a few months that everything can change. So I guess we'll talk about that when there's the time comes. Time. Yeah, there's still plenty of time for mock drafts to come out and change. So we're not going to get too invested into that other than Zion being number one. Um... So, so other than that, we've covered everything we wanted to cover. Um, again, you can follow us on Twitter. At 365SportsPod. Yep, that is 365SportsPod. And you can just, obviously, as we said before, you can just 
ever whenever you want if you want something ever answered or something covered on the podcast feel free to leave a dm feel free to add us um and we'll do our best to cover it on the podcast which we should always be able to get to granted this somehow blows up if reddit ever decides to sponsor up sponsor us if this blows up and we get a thousand a thousand replies but anyway thank you all very much again follow